Praise him. Um, a couple more announcements. We will meet Tuesday night for prayer. We're still meeting at my home for prayer on Tuesday nights. And you can always talk to Keisha or, or myself if you want directions or information about that. Uh, we just spent some time praying in other tongues and uh, wherever God leads us in prayer. That's what we try to uh, pray about. Sometimes it's the nation, sometimes it's the church, um, sometimes it's a combination. So um, you're all welcome to come if you are so led to do so. I also wanted to let you know that uh, we have not been idle, at least my husband hasn't, <laughs> while we've been, um, been away from services here, but we have actually two books that he released in the past uh, several weeks. The first book, uh, and we have both here, uh, we just wanted to make yourself avail, you wanna make yourself available to this. The first book is called Fearless. He actually started writing this two weeks before the whole country shut down yeah. um, in fear of a disease. And I, I thought, wow, God, you're, you're on it. Yeah, you're, you're, you know what you're doing. So um, this is actually a 30-day devotional. If any of you guys have the new creation meditations, that's a 30-day devotional, just, you know, a few pages a day. Uh, this is that same idea. Uh, it's just three or four pages per day for 30 days, so one month's worth of devotionals. And it hits different aspects of fear. You would be amazed at what the Word of God has to say about the subject of fear and how even little fears can creep into our lives without us being aware of it. Uh, things that we might have been afraid of since we were young. You know, it was taught to us to be afraid of certain things. And God doesn't want any part of your life to be a fearful part. He, he it says... The Bible tells us that perfect love casts out fear. Amen. And how many know God is love? Amen. Glory to God. Amen. So if your life is full of God, what do we know? There's no fear there. So Amen. this helps you, I mean, it helped me to put some indicators on, oh, I need to tweak that part of me. I, I need to pay attention because if there's fear there, we know that there isn't a, the fullness of God that there could be mm -hmm. in that area. Yeah. And so it just, it just helps to uh, make us aware of things that we might not have even known about before. But that is available. Are these both going to be $10? No. What? They're both my gift. They are both uh, Reverend Joel's gift to you. So we have some back there today. So if you want to get it today, you can get it. Otherwise, it's going to be $10. You came for the first Sunday. Glory to God. So you get a special gift. Um, the other one just came out. We just got it this week, right? Uh, um, and this one is about the other big situation that's been going on in our nation. And that is the, uh, the uh, problems with uh, race, racism, prejudice, things uh, that are going on. We see all types of um, protests and riots and people speaking up, people on both sides of a very divisive issue. And there was, there was a point there at the beginning of all this where on social media especially, it was said or implied that if you did not say something about this, that you were against racism, it meant that you were for it. 
which is the silliest thing I've ever heard, um, uh, because we don't post things on social media unless God deals with us to post something. We don't put things out there. We don't just use our own words. We try to use the power of God in our words. And we, we have to, Jesus told, told us that he only said what he heard the Father say. And so um, we, I, I can't say we're perfect at that, that, but we do try, especially in ministry, to say what he is dealing with us to say. And uh, my husband, I'm speaking for you, but I've heard you say it. He told the Lord, Lord, I, you know, he was about to post something, and he said, no, I'm not going to post just because someone's pressuring me to say something. And I said, so I'm not going to post anything unless you tell me to say something. And the Lord spoke to him and said, get your computer. And within just a, a few short days, we had a whole book. And this is called, They Shouldn't Have to Ask. Um, yes, go ahead. Praise the Lord. Uh, if I might just say something about this. It's, it's real interesting. Most unique book I've ever written because uh, it's, not, uh, it's not the subject I preach on. It's not one of the subjects I preach on, you know. And God dealt with me. Like she said, that's the only reason I did. But um, it, it's, this really addresses two kinds of people um, in terms of believers. And the, the, one of the kinds of person, and, and a person can be in both of these situations. But the one kind of person, this matches, no, it doesn't. Um, the one kind of person would be the person that says, I'm looking for a landing spot on this issue. I'm looking for what, what does the Bible say and uh, obviously, none of us here hate other people. We understand that. But yet, do you know where you stand when, when the seesaw is going back and forth? And do you have an anchor? Right. You see what I'm saying on right. that? And that's the purpose of this. That's one of the purposes of this book is for the person that says, and this should, should kind of be all of us, that says, I want to be anchored in, in what the Bible says on these issues. And, and what should my position be from, from the Word of God standpoint? Right. And so this will help you in that regard. The other type of person that this is for is the person that said, that's not an issue with me. Yeah, right. <laughs> now, that was me. I got friends of all colors and flavor, whatever you want to call it. You know, I got yeah. friends of all shades. <laughs> Many of you do, too. And it's not an issue. Right. And, uh, and, and it, the more your mind's renewed to the things of God, the less it would be an issue. Right. Because you're not, you're not seeing skin. You're seeing blood. Yes. Praise the Lord. Yes. And so, uh, but that's the other person that this is actually for because what's real easy to do is to say because it's not an issue, it's okay to, to be a non-participant in all that's going on because, and what the Lord dealt with me, uh, was that there is still injustice around us. Mm -hmm. Now, I said, oh, really? Well, I don't, I don't see it because in my world I don't live at a whole, you know, I don't, I don't encounter that. that I'm just being transparent with you and being honest with you. I right. hope you, no, I don't, don't mean to be offensive to anyone. So, um, but the Lord awakened me to, to things that, hey, as a believer, you need to be active with your faith and active in prayer and active in other areas uh, because there is still injustice. Now, you might think, well, all that stuff that people are saying uh, about racism and all that, that that's not even a thing. People are making it up. How many comments have we got since we announced this on our website that are two dozen blatantly racist comments. Now, I only saw, you've been deleting them. I haven't read them. I haven't seen them. I saw one of them where somebody said, yeah, they wouldn't have to ask if they'd act right. What is that? That what is blatantly, is that? Where, I mean, where do you get that from? Right. So is it still out there? 
Well, yeah. if I didn't know it before, now I do. <laughs> <laughs> I just wrote a book about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's still out there. Yeah. And ultimately, you know what it is? It's people, they start out yielding to their flesh, and they end up yielding to devils yeah. is what it is. Mm -hmm. And so I think this is going to be very helpful to people, even though, like I said, it's very unique. Part of it is actually fiction. Yeah. Part of it is stories from, that, from my experiences growing up. And then part of it is some teaching. And it's very short, as you can see. So I just wanted to say those yes, two sir. things. And not that you didn't do a good job. but Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So uh, everybody gets one. Who wants it? Yeah. Or let's say one per family until we, I don't know how many are brought. But should be enough for everybody today. If you don't want it, you don't have to take it. However, I suggest you take it. Glory to God. Because they will both be a blessing to you. Amen. Amen. Um, there might have been another announcement. I don't remember it right now. So let's just turn in the word to Philippians chapter 4, okay? Hallelujah. Philippians chapter 4. We, of course, will be meeting here um, next Sunday and continuing on as long as they allow us. Praise God. We, um, we obviously have to use our faith. <laughs> yeah. um, and I do believe some of the governor's changes and the variances we got for our county came because of some prayer that we had on Tuesday nights. Yeah. So, um, matter of fact, uh, I know that's ha what happened because I know what I was praying out uh, a couple Tuesday nights ago and I got a email the next day saying how about July 12th we get started and I was like okay there you go so um, that just shows me that uh, God is bigger than anything else that's going on and he's greater than any uh, rules that have been set in place but we need to actively connect with him and use our faith to uh, make sure that we can get done what we need to get done, which is meeting together Amen. for church. Glory yeah. to God. How many understand it's important? Yeah. <laughs> if, you've, if you've missed it at all uh, in the past uh, few months, you understand it is important that we spend time together in the Word. Glory yeah. to God. Yeah. And uh, so that's all I'll say about that. But look with me this morning in Philippians chapter 4. We are going to read... I would say one of the most familiar verses uh, in, in, our Christian, uh, in the Christian circles, and that is Philippians 4, verse 13. It says this, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Amen. How many like that verse? Glory to God. Yes. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Glory to God. Um, that verse is, uh, as I said, it's, it's very uh, a common verse. It's quoted often. I mean, if you walk into Hobby Lobby, you'll probably find six different, uh, you know, uh, six different wall hangings with that scripture on it. You're going to find a couple coffee mugs. You might have that written somewhere on, on a t-shirt, something like that. But how many understand that with the word of God, um, it's not just quoting a scripture that creates that 
scripture, that makes it alive for us, that, right. that puts it into practice, if we could say, in our lives. Yeah. It's just not being able to say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We've all seen a movie or read a book where at some point they, they get in a, so the person, you know, gets in a bad situation and they say, Lord, give me strength. And uh, we might have been in those situations where we've, we've said that too. But uh, if we could, I'd like to dig into this verse a little bit this morning. And uh, to do that, we're going to look at it in the Amplified Translation. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Philippians 4, verse 13 says, I have strength for all things in Christ who empowers me. I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. Wow, what a verse. What a verse. Now, Philippians 4 the whole chapter is wonderful. And uh, we look at it quite often, even here when we minister on Sunday mornings, we look at it. And uh, if you really want to get the meaning of this verse, you need to know the verses that come before it. And you need to put it into context with what he's actually talking about. And so for that, we want to start, well, yeah, you could start. Why Yeah, you could start in Genesis 1. That's true. Uh, Let's look at Philippians 4.4, just in the ESV. And it says this, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, I will say rejoice. Now, remember, this is Paul writing, right? He's writing to the church in Philippi. And where is Paul when he's writing this letter? He's He's in prison. Not a nice prison. He's in a nasty prison. You know, one of those prisons where uh, it's at the bottom of the city where all the refuse from everybody going to the bathroom and stuff. Yeah, it was in the sewer. It was, it was part of the sewer system, that, that particular jail. He was not in a nice place. He was not getting steak at 6 o'clock every night. He was not ordering a continental breakfast every morning. He was in jail. And when he said this, he said, I want you guys, Philippians, you to remember, you're supposed to rejoice in the Lord always, always. Now, Paul didn't write this uh, when he was down in the dumps. He didn't write this when he was like, guys, you got to rejoice because I can't. You, you got you to be happy and rejoice in the Lord because you're free, but I'm not. And so I'm just going to sit here and wallow in the mud and the muck, and I'm going to feel sorry for myself. No, he was like, guys, if I can do this, you can do this. Yeah. Come on now. Amen. He was saying it doesn't matter what situation you're in, what situation comes up. We're going to rejoice no matter what. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. What's he saying? Get ready. The Lord, get ready. The Lord is coming back soon. Be ready. Be ready. Be ready. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. Oh, come on now. Do not be anxious about 
anything. Could we say that there have been some times in the past several months where anxiety, where worry, where uh, troubling thoughts have tried to come towards you? Um, my son was supposed to be coming home this week to uh, visit for a while, and uh, he called a few days ago and said, my roommate is sick in his room. He's been awake 10 minutes for the past 48 hours. Uh, I'll tell you, in all honesty, when I went to bed, I had to open up my scriptures and say, Lord, I will not be anxious. I will not be troubled. Yes. I will not be worried because I trust in your protection. Mm-hmm. Why? Because worried thoughts and anxious thoughts, they're going to try and come to everybody in some form or another. If you don't believe me, get the book we just talked about, Fearless. Glory to God. And read it for 30 days. Glory to God. Do not be anxious about anything but what? In everything, in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And glory to God, the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Glory to God. So what's Paul saying here? You know, we like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, but what's he saying? I'm in jail, but I've learned some things. You've got to rejoice no matter what's going on. You can't allow anxiety, worry to creep into your life. But you have to communicate with God. You have to cast your cares upon the Lord because he cares for you. You have to communicate with him. Glory to God. And what happens? There's peace. The peace of God which passes all understanding, all human understanding. Your mind can't understand. I could not understand when I just sat there the other night and fellowshiped with the Lord and thanked him for his protection and the blood of Jesus that protects us and watches over us and, and keeps us and keeps my kids even if they're far away. I promise you the peace of God which passes this noggin of mine, which passes the news media that tells you that no, you know, if you get within six foot of somebody, that's it. You're done. Come on now. Wow. The peace of God, which passes understanding, Amen. will guard your heart and your mind Amen. through Christ Amen. Jesus. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Then he says, finally, brothers, whatever's true, whatever's honorable, whatever's just, whatever's pure, whatever's lovely, whatever's commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. These things. These things. Glory to God. I don't know about you, but I don't watch the news every day anymore. Nope. I will tune in once in a while to see what's going on. But uh, right. I don't watch it every day. I don't need those numbers going into my head every day. Yeah. Glory to God. What do I need? What's true? This word right here. That's right. <laughs> Amen. I need, I need the, the, the word of God. I need the things of God coming into my life in a greater degree now than ever before. Amen. Glory to God. Anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you've learned and received and heard and seen in me, mm-hmm. practice these things. Amen. 
and the God of peace will be with you. And the God of peace will be with you. Glory to God. And then he goes on. He says, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. You were indeed concerned for me, but had no opportunity. Not that I'm speaking of being in need, for I have learned. I have that little phrase underlined in my Bible. I have learned. I have learned in whatever situation I'm in. And have we not found ourselves in some interesting situations in the past many months? I have learned in whatever situation I am to be content. I know how to be brought low. I know how to abound in any and every circumstance. I have learned the secret Mm -hmm. of facing plenty and hunger, um, uh, abundance and need. I can do all things through Christ. What's his secret? Glory to God. He has learned that no matter what the circumstances are around him, whether he has plenty to eat or nothing to eat. Remind you, mind you, he's in prison. And a lot of those prisons, I mean, unless somebody brought you something, you had nothing. Amen. Amen. It wasn't like the prisons we have here where you still get three meals a day. Right. Where there's human rights, even in prison. That wasn't the case there. He's learned. He's learned. He's learned. He's learned the secret. Now I want to read that that verse um, 12 in the Amplified for you. Well, let's start with verse 11 in the Amplified. It says, not that I'm implying that I was in any personal want. He's in prison, guys. He's in prison. I'm not implying. I mean, he was saying, I'm I'm rejoicing greatly that you revived your concern for me. What is he saying? You sent me an offering. You sent me some money. You sent me some substance. You sent me some food. They sent something that helped him in the situation he was at. But he says, not that I'm implying that I was in any personal want. For I've learned how to be content. Look at this. Satisfied to the point where I am not disturbed or disquieted mm. in whatever state I am in. Amen. Not content like we're just going to sit over here on the rock that I have for a pillow and cry until somebody gets me out of here. Mm. Not that kind of content. Not we're just going to have to sit back and wait this thing out and hope that everything shakes out in the end. No, not that kind of content. He was satisfied to the point where no matter what his circumstances were, he was not disturbed. He did not allow his circumstances, the outward situation, to trouble his inner man. Why? Because he'd learned a secret. I can tap into the peace of God that passes all understanding. Glory to God. By casting my cares upon him. And trusting in him. Glory to God. So, I've learned to be content, satisfied to the point where I'm not disquieted or disturbed in whatever state I am. I know how to be abased 
and live humbly in straightened circumstances. I also know how to enjoy plenty and live in abundance. I have learned, I have learned, I have learned in any and all circumstances the secret of facing every situation, whether well-fed or going hungry, having a sufficiency and enough to spare, or going without and being in want. Then he says, I have strength for all things in Christ. Who empowers me? I am ready for anything and equal to anything through him who infuses inner strength into me. I am self-sufficient in Christ's sufficiency. So Paul has learned a secret. No matter what the circumstances are around him, whether they're good, whether they're bad, it doesn't matter. He remains the same. And he says one of the ways he stays the same, he's got something called this power. There's inner strength. Christ has infused inner strength. Mm -hmm. Well, how do you get that? How does he infuse inner strength into you? Now, if you've heard me preach at all, you know I like that word, infused. That word, you you infuse, when you infuse something, you impose something into another substance. We do it all the time, every night. I infuse my tea bag into a cup of hot water. Almost every night. We call that steeping, right? You steep your tea. You steep it in hot water. What are you doing? You are taking a substance, hot water. You are adding another substance, tea leaves. And you are creating tea, a new drink. It's no longer just hot water. You've infused something else into it. Paul was saying, I've allowed the word of God, I've allowed Christ to infuse into my spirit, strength. Yes. Amen. Amen. And I'm no longer just me, Paul. I am now a God-man who is not affected by any situation outside of me. I've learned. I can handle no food. I can handle abundance. I can handle prison. I can handle a palace. It doesn't matter. I will not be changed, I will not be moved because my strength, my joy comes from Christ. Mm -hmm. He's infused it Mm -hmm. into me. Glory to God. He's steeped it. Why? How, How did he do? He learned the secret. He learned the secret. I think about things that are lovely and just and pure. I rejoice in the Lord always. I allow the word of God to dip in me Mm -hmm. and dip in me and dip in me and dip in me until I'm a totally different person. I come out infused with strength. There's a, when you look up the, definition of the word infused there's another word they they say it's like pouring into is one of the definitions pouring into and they gave this example in the dictionary the new principle infused enthusiasm 
into the school. The new principal poured enthusiasm, new life into the school. What are they saying? Infusion means something's pouring into you mm -hmm. and yeah. making something new. Amen. Glory to God. Amen. Hallelujah. We like to call it the law of displacement. When you pour in, you know, if you pour in oil into water long enough, all of the water will eventually pour out and you'll just be left with oil, right? Why? Because one pushes out the other. And as a body of believers, we can't just walk around and say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me without actually allowing the word of God to steep and dip and infuse itself on the inside of us by doing what he was saying. Rejoice in the Lord always. Be anxious for nothing but in everything. Through prayer and supplication, let your requests be made known unto God. And then think on things that are pure and lovely and just and excellent. What are we doing? We are actively making sure that Christ is able to infuse the power and strength that we need to be able to walk in victory in every situation Amen. in our life. Amen. Glory to God. That means it doesn't matter what's on the news. It doesn't matter what work is telling you, whether you can or cannot work, whether you do, do or do not have a paycheck. That doesn't matter if Christ has infused inner strength into you. You are equal to anything. Amen. Glory to God. You are able to conquer any situation that has come your way, and God will make a way where there was no way. He'll show you a way to get around, to get over, to get through. Yes. If Christ has been infused, that power Amen. is infusing itself Amen. in you. Glory Amen. to God. Amen. Can we look at one more verse? Matthew 6.33. Matthew chapter 6. Completely familiar again. Should be completely familiar to us. Matthew 6, 33. It says this. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. Now, if you're familiar with this verse, you know this is Jesus speaking, and he was talking about not being anxious, not being worried, uh, not caring about what you put on, what you're going to drink, what food you're going to have, and then he tells us this, seek first the kingdom of God, his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. But if you would, we must look at this, glory to God, in the message translation. You have that, right? I sure hope you do. My... We'll just oh praise the Lord it gives us all of that okay all right we're gonna look at the back people who don't know God and the way he works fuss over things these things but you know both God and how he works look at that last phrase there steep your life mm -hmm. in God realities God initiatives, God provisions. Amen. Don't worry about missing out. You'll find all your everyday human concerns will be met. Glory to God. But we just want to look at that one phrase. Steep your life. Steep your life. Think of that tea bag. Mm -hmm. Steep your life 
in God realities. What is he saying? Pay attention to God, to his things, to his word, to his spirit. Communicate and commune with him. Steep your life. I just think of that teabag dunking in and out. Glory to God. Dunking in and out. Dunking in. If you find yourself getting concerned, worried, anxious, if things start coming against you, what do we know? It's time to go steep. It's time to go take a dunk, a dip in the things of God. It's time to start putting your whole life, boom, all of your senses, all your focus on the things of God. Glory to God. Steep your life in God God realities. God, what is the reality of God? His word. Come on now. Steep your life in things. So when we're quoting things like, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, let's understand that there is some effort on our part to get that strength infused on the inside of it. And it's not a hard effort. It's actually quite easy. It's a matter of keeping our focus where it ought to be, which is on him, his things, his word, his power, his healing, his grace, his miracle working hand upon your life, his voice on the inside of your voice, his ability to make a difference in your life. Focus on those things. Steep your life, glory to God, in him. And you will come out infused with inner strength to conquer anything, anything that comes your way. Let's go back to Philippians 4.13 in the Amplified. Hallelujah. I hope you're blessed this morning. Glory to God. I was really going to try not to walk around a lot, but that didn't work. When we were doing live stream, I, my husband made me sit at the table because there was a camera, and a camera couldn't follow us wherever we were. Glory to God. Mm-hmm. I have strength. Look at that. That's Paul talking in prison, yeah. telling the Philippians, you better rejoice. I'm rejoicing. Yeah. I hope you're rejoicing. I have strength. I have strength. I have strength for all things, for all things, for all, for all things. Glory to God. You can look at the TV when they're trying to tell you the numbers are ticking up. The numbers are going this way. You know, there's too many, there's so many people in the hospital. You can say, I have strength for all things. Glory to God. In Christ who empowers me, I'm ready for anything. Glory to God. I'm equal to anything. Through him, because he infuses inner strength into me. What does that mean? You don't need anything else. That's right. People can come into your life, they can walk out of your life. That's right. Sickness can try to come into your life, you can kick it out of your life. Glory to God. Poverty can try to come into your life, you can kick it out of your life. Hallelujah. You don't need anything except his strength on the inside of you. You get his strength by steeping yourself in his word, in his goodness. 
Hallelujah. I know we've, we've preached this message in some way or form for years and years and years. Mm -hmm. It still blesses me because I still need to hear it. Glory Amen. to God. Amen. Hallelujah. Why? Because this is an everyday event. Amen. This is an everyday. Remember what Paul said, practice these things. Practice these things. You can sit. Um, I'll close with this. I know we're, we're finishing up, but I remember reading a story about John G. Lake when he was ministering. He had ministered, and he was a great healing evangelist in uh, the late 1800s, and he ministered in Africa, and then he was over in, in Portland and in Washington area, uh, Oregon and Washington area, and uh, he ministered with the hand of God upon his life, great healings, great ministry. But there was one time where after he had ministered, he was just sitting on the front row, kind of just basking in the things of God. And this older woman came up to him and sat next to him and started telling him all of her ailments, all the things that were wrong with her and, you know, the different things that were bothering her body. And she was basically saying, would you pray for me? And, and he said in his narrative, talking about this, this story, he said, you could tell this woman was born again and that she loved God. He said, you could tell it in her eyes. Mm. Why? Her eyes lit up when she talked about the Lord. And he said to her sister, I think he called her mother. Back then it was uh, proper to call an older woman mother in the church. And he said, mother... I can tell you love the Lord. And she said, oh, yes, I love the Lord. I can tell he's the savior of your life. Oh, yes, he's the savior of my life. And he said, would you like him to be the healer of your life? And she looked at him, and he said, that same savior that lives on the inside, if you'll just focus on the healing word of God and allow the healing power of God into your heart the way you allowed Jesus to save your soul, said, that power will affect your body. Amen. And they just sat there and said, thank you, Jesus, mm -hmm. for your healing. Thank you for the power of God. Thank you that your stripes have healed my body. And he taught her in just a few moments how to thank and steep herself. Just bask in the power of the healing of God. And just sitting there on the front row, all of a sudden she was like, Jesus, I'm healed. I'm healed. I'm healed. And she jumped up and realized that no bone ached, that no joint ached, that the swelling had gone away. What was she doing? She was just steeping, Amen. dunking marinating, come on now, in the power of God, in the, the word of God, in the healing of God, and allowing it to affect, infuse that strength into her body. Amen. And she came out healed. Not only did she come out healed, she came out knowing how to remain that way. Amen. It wasn't just somebody be healed in the name of Jesus and you have to go see that person again if you ever get sick again. No, she received it for herself. Yes. Glory Amen. to God. Why don't you stand with me to your feet this morning?
Glory to God. Father, we are so thankful that we are infused with strength from you as we meditate and focus on your word and all that you provided for us. Father, thank you for your healing power. Thank you, Father God, for all you've provided for us. We are ever so grateful for all that you've done. And we thank you so much for the opportunity to meet together. Hallelujah, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm going to turn this. Yeah, go ahead. Hallelujah. Praise God. You get something out of that. Uh, would you do me the, uh, the favor of just being seated for one, for one second? And there's, uh, the Lord just prompted me and alerted me to, I won't take more than a minute here, but uh, to, to say something because there's people, uh, of course, present with us that you, you may not have heard our ministry through all of the uh, crisis that our company that our country's been going through. And if, I don't know what you've heard, but I'll tell you this, I've heard a lot from the body of Christ through social media, through different things. And if I was giving them a grade A through F on how they responded, it'd be a bad F. <laughs> there've been some, there've been just the, the weirdest conspiracies and, and I'm not going there. I don't, I didn't, I, I didn't read them, whatever. But um, I was thinking as you were preaching this, because uh, we, we're faith people. We're, we're faith, we believe in faith. And I want to explain what that is and what that is not. Um, and I'll just really start with what that is not. We do not deny the existence of facts in the world around us. And that's where some people think, well, if I'm a faith person, then, then none of that exists. Then every law that's enacted for our safety is stupid and an infringement on my liberties. And I just want you to know where, where we're at with this because people misunderstand when you say faith what that is. And so what, we, what faith is, is we believe that God's word are greater facts than the facts around us. And that if you'll feed and give your attention like you were preaching, if you'll give his attention to the greater facts of God's word, then you can have a greater reality than what's going on in the world around you. But having said that, we believe in God's spiritual laws. We believe in, in the things of God. But we also, unless he deals with us specifically, we don't set aside complying with natural law. Not, la nat la not natural law physically speaking or medically speaking, and not natural law uh, of a civic law, meaning laws that are set up. And so what that means is... We, we believe what was preached today, but we'll still put a mask on if that's required or suggested or supposed to. And she's got her sitting right there. You understand. And so I just wanted to bring that balance. Not that what she preached wasn't unbalanced, but realizing that there's so many voices going on about, you know, oh, you know, they're just trying to steal our liberties by, by not meeting. You know, there's times we could have met before we shut down. The Lord dealt with me. Don't. Cancel the service. Remember, you know, uh, we were supposed to have some prayer services, and the Lord dealt with me, do not meet. And it was just a day or two later that they said, don't meet. And so uh, you want, it's okay, and it's not a lack of faith to be in compliance with the laws around us. And again, if God deals with, if God would deal specifically for some reason di uh, different, but uh, well, I think one thing that Christians forget is, they may be people of faith, but everybody else around them isn't necessarily. 
And so uh, it's the love of God. You understand that? To, to uh, be, just be neighborly and be a good neighbor and all that. So I just wanted to say that because uh, I understand not all of us have been together this whole time. Now, we said a lot of these things right up front because things people were just flying off the handle. Church should be essential and all that and, you know, things like that. And uh, it was on our heart, listen, follow what, what the local leaders and the people do. Follow their guidelines. We'll get together when we can get together. When they started saying you can meet 10 uh, groups of 10, well, then we just really just had uh, our helpers, you know, at the house and things like that. So I just want to let you know where we were on that so that there was no misunderstanding about this whole thing of faith because we can live above our circumstances. We can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. But there's a balance there, too, that we want to understand. So I felt led to say that. And that's all I have. Is that all we have? All right. And so it's for that reason that we're not going to probably be hugging you and smooching you today. You're very dear to us, and we miss you. So don't think that we're being standoffish. But uh, we just ain't going to do like my puppy does. You know, we ain't going to do that to you today. Praise the Lord. So we do have some goodies. Though. We brought a bunch of, what, bagels and, and stuff like that. So if you can stay for a few minutes or if you just want to grab one and go and if you want your books. I think they're going to be back there too. So it's good to see you. We'll see you next week and uh, hope you were blessed today and hope you were fed today. I was. We'll see you next time.